Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. Welcome to today's episode. Now, today's episode is continuing on our new little series looking at the Beatitudes. Uh, If you want to follow Jesus, then you need to know what are the things that Jesus said and did and taught. We have to go back to him. He is the rabbi of which we are apprenticing our lives to. Uh, And that's what we're doing in this episode. We're going back to the Sermon on the Mount. We're going back to the Beatitudes, which we launched last week. And this week, we're going to dive into the second of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, looking at grief. Uh, and what does it mean to be blessed by God when we're, when we're in grief? Um, so I, I really hope that you find this helpful and interesting. Do share it with others. Tell others about it. Um, finding hope uh, when we're grieving, finding hope. Uh, when we're mourning, uh, it can be like a ray of just a ray of light in in a dark landscape. Um, and the Sermon on the Mount it just introduces us to another way of looking at grief, a different way of seeing grief. Um, and it's a way of seeing grief in contrast to how the world sees it. It's different to how the world sees it. So I hope you you really find this inspiring. I hope that it might be helpful for you as well. Uh, So we're going to jump straight in. Uh, If you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so nice to have you with me. Do subscribe and then you'll get a new episode each week. And as of 2023, I have to keep thinking about when I say that, these uh, podcasts will be going out on a Sunday evening now at six o'clock, not on a Monday morning. Uh, Some of you said, actually, Chris, it'd be really nice if they could come out uh, so that I could listen to them on a, on a Sunday evening before I go to work uh, on a Monday morning. Uh, so actually bringing it out a few hours earlier, no problem at all. We can do that. Uh, so it now will be going out at six o'clock uh, on a Sunday evening. So it's ready for those of you that want to listen to it on a Monday, Tuesday as you go to work. But it's also ready for those of you doing the washing up at 6.30 on a Sunday evening. Uh, so either way, Um, It is coming out slightly earlier from this point on. So let's jump in to our second episode on uh, the Sermon on the Mat and the Beatitudes. So here we go. Let's explore this second of the Beatitudes. So the first one was this, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, You could have said, blessed are those whose bucket has run dry. And then this second beatitude builds on this uh, with the recognition of our poverty, um, our bucket running empty and dry, emotional sorrow uh, when we are grieving. And Matthew 5, verse 4 says this blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted now how does the world approach grief and mourning Uh, if you have no faith the world is nothing but an empty space that we are navigating and when we're in grief uh, we can be trapped in this place of loss there is no hope there's no hope If you have no framework for God, if you have no faith, there is just no hope. 
tomorrow is going to be the same as today, as the same as yesterday, that there is just no hope that we are heading into the future uh, with no possibility, uh, no possibility of resurrection, no possibility of new life, no possibility of eternal things, uh, no possibility um, that tomorrow could be any different. We're hopeless. And into this world framework that is hopeless, Jesus is just speaking uh, this kingdom truth that essentially there is hope. There is hope. And the second beatitude is building on this spiritual poverty uh, that, that when you are grieving, you are empty, you are done. What's really neat is, as we looked in the first episode, the word blessed, makurios, the, the best way of translating that phrase is uh, you're in the hands of God when. Uh, often when we think about being blessed, we think about financial blessing, uh, you know, size of someone's home, their car, the number of children that they have. You know, you might say, oh, my gosh, they're really blessed. If you see the size of their garden, I don't know, um, whatever it is. But, you know, if you see they're blessed because they have got this or they've got that or they've been able to achieve this in their life, they're blessed. Yet kingdom blessing is really different to that. The word makurios is you're in the hands of God when. And blessing is the position that you find yourself, the place that you find yourself in when you're held in the hands of God. So what Jesus isn't saying is that uh, that you will be blessed in monetary terms or blessed in comforts when you are mourning. No, no, no. But actually when you are mourning and when you are grieving, you are blessed because of where you are placed. The Good News Bible translates this word blessed as happy. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I think that's quite a helpful um, little translation because it that is not what it is. Uh, you know, you are never, I do not know anybody who says, gosh, I've just lost a loved one. I am happy. Nobody says that. Nobody says, gosh, I've just lost my partner in life. You know, I've lost my wife, lost my husband. I've lost my child, lost my grandparent. You don't say that. I go, wow, I'm happy because I've lost them. They've died. You go, no, I'm not happy. I am done. I am fed up. Uh, I am grieving the loss of this thing, this person that's been stolen from me. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, you're actually in the hands of God. You're not happy. But this sense of blessing comes out of the place that you are located and you are now located in the hands of God. Uh, the only time that you could feel blessed when you're grieving is when you're held in the hands of God. And it says you're held in the hands of God when, when you mourn, for you will be comforted. Now the word comfort there, I'm going to try, I'm going to butcher this. It's a Greek word that I'm going to totally butcher. It's para. Parakleithesontai. And it's um, comfort that's, that's causing somebody to be encouraged or consoled. Uh, it's an encouragement that's either a verbal or maybe a non-verbal means. You know, a, a hug is, is a parakleithesontai. I'm butchering it now, aren't I? Uh, a hug, um, this sense of being consoled. Uh, but the other image here with this word that I love, it can be translated as, as held up. Held up. And imagine those two hands. We talked about the word blessed means to be in the hands of God. 
Uh, well, to be comforted means to be held in the hands of God, but held up to God. So when we're in this deep place of grief and mourning, we're held in the hands of God and we are comforted because those hands are holding us up to his presence. Now, this is radically upside down to the way the world works. If you have no faith, grief is hopeless and there is nothing that can console you uh, because um, there's no hope there. There's no, nothing. There's just there's nothing there for you to access. I was talking to a young woman on our estate whose mum passed away um, just over a year ago. She has no faith and she is just consumed with grief. She is consumed with grief. She's riddled with grief. She just can't shake it off. It's like a stinky garment that she can't get rid of. Everywhere she goes, she's just burdened by this grief that she's lost her mum. She's just had the second Christmas uh, without her mum. And you can see she's weighed down with grief because there's no hope. There's no hope for her. She has lost this person that is dear to her, that she has no hope. And I keep saying to her, look, there is hope in Jesus. And this hope in Jesus holds you in his presence and lifts you up to him and you will be comforted by being held by the presence of Jesus and just I think it was yesterday or the night before I got a little Facebook message from her um, just saying how much those words have comforted her that Jesus can hold her and hold her up to his presence and she can find comfort in the place of his presence um she messaged me going how that's really comforted her and the message translation of this passage is interesting it says this you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you it's only when you have lost what is important to you to what is dear to you that the God who is dear to you can come and embrace us. So God wants to hold us and comfort us. I want to talk a little bit more for a moment, just about grief for a second. Um, grief, friends, what is it? What is grief? Grief is a prison. Part of my job is holding people in grief, holding people with loss holding people through funerals and I can tell you now friends when I stand there in the front of a funeral leading it I can tell you I can sit I just see the prison that people are trapped in grief is a prison it affects our emotional being our physical cognitive behavioral social spiritual uh, philosophical it affects all areas of our life it imprisons people they they become trapped in their thoughts and their anxieties, trapped by this this idea that this person is no longer there for them. See, friends, grief, it's multifaceted. It's a response that we have to physical loss or, or, or an abstract loss. Um, often I talk about grief, it's, it's like setting sail across a stormy sea. 
And when we first experience that great loss, we're launched into this tempest of emotions. Uh, we're set sail. We, we don't have a clue where we're going. We're lost. We're, we're just surrounded by water. We don't see land anywhere. We feel surrounded by darkness, surrounded by heavy waves of anguish. Um, all the comforting words that are there for us, they're just drowned out by the, the harrowing winds of sorrow. We feel lonely. We feel out of control. Uh, we feel swept over by the waves. Uh, and there just seems no like future destination. I, you know, we can't see where we're going. It just seems like there's purpose, no purpose to where we're heading. We're just going nowhere. In some ways, grief is like a black box that you get trapped in. And grief comes in many forms. It's, it's not just the loss of a loved one in terms of death, but, but grief comes in a thousand disappointments that just don't pass in our lives. We can be riddled with grief of all the things that we have not seen in our lives, things we've not experienced in our lives, our hopes and dreams that just have not come to fruition. Grief that's not worked through ultimately can become depression, can become anxiety, can then later become self-harm. I don't deserve anything better and self-harm, physical self-harm, emotional self-harm, uh, words that we say to ourselves, I don't deserve anything, you know, the fact that this thing has gone, this thing I've lost. Um, we can grieve the loss of our future. You know, I thought I was going to marry this person and it's not come to fruition. Uh, they've gone, so loss of a future. We can carry this deep sense of grief and not realise it. Uh, let me just walk through a few different things um, where people could be riddled with grief. Maybe the girl that dumped you and it's been playing on your mind. You know, nobody will ever want me in the future. This grief, uh, this mini disappointment that is just um, sat deep in your soul. Grief of a marriage that ended way too soon. Grief that the person that you are now with isn't exactly what you imagined. You know, you imagined a leggy blonde and then she puts on weight a little bit. And you think, she's not what I hoped for. He's not what I hoped for. The grief of not being able to have children or the, the loss of a child. Grief of a job that you were in, that you lost it. You were sacked before you were able to finish the role that you were really wanting to strive for. A career that just never happened, that you wished you had or you wish you'd trained in this way and you just never did. Grief when kids move on, you know, the empty nest syndrome. And the reality is, friends, you know, Hollywood and Disney have screwed us up. Uh, we've been told that there's a hev uh, happy ever after, that, that there'll be a moment when it all comes together, the happy ever after, and the Prince Charming will come. And then we end up grieving the loss that actually the Prince Charming never came. In reality, friends, life is more like jazz. The thing about jazz is jazz can often be left hanging uncomfortable in the air. There's a, there's a play, way of playing jazz that at the end you don't finish the jazz piece and you're left hanging with this awkward moment of just play that final note and it'll all complete. And the jazz piece doesn't do that. It doesn't resolve. That is what life is like. 
Life is filled full of unresolved things. And these mini disappointments, these little griefs, griefs can, can leave us riddled uh, with this deep sense of disappointment. And I meet people all the time where they just, their life is filled full of disappointments. But if you say, what are you disappointed about? Oh, I don't know, really. It's just, it's just not what I thought. It's just not what I thought. So grief can come in all these different ways and into this grief and mourning where the world says there is no hope. Uh, life is just a disappointment. Jesus flips it upside down with the upside down kingdom and says this, blessed are those who are grieving. Blessed are those who are mourning for they shall be comforted because they're, they're in my hands. John 11 has this beautiful moment. Jesus's friend Lazarus has died and Jesus has arrived at the tomb. And at the tomb, it says that he looks around and he sees all the Jews who were grieving the death of Lazarus. And you have the shortest verse in the Bible. It just says this, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept because he knew this was not how life was meant to be. Life was not meant to be riddled full of disappointments. Life was not meant to be riddled with grief. This is not how it was meant to be. And Jesus sees the heartbreak of the Jews around him and it causes him to weep. Revelation 21 tells us what it will be like in the end. It says there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. But we are still waiting for that day, aren't we? We are still waiting for that day. So what do we do with this? How do we understand this comforting that Jesus brings? I want to talk about a Jewish idea, a Jewish concept, a Jewish festival you could call it. And it's called Sitting Shiva. Now, sitting shiver is the seven days after someone has died. A loved one passes away, and the idea is you go to your house, you sit there for seven days, and you sit shiver, and you sit in silence. And anybody that comes to visit you at the house, they come, they walk in, they sit down, they, they do not speak. They just sit with you, silent, sitting shiver, holding the grief, holding your grief, holding you in their hands. You know, in the sense, not physically in their hands, but emotionally in their hands. And there's a phrase that comes from the sitting Shiva. It says this, May the omnipresent comfort you together with the other mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. May the omnipresent comfort you together with the other mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. In sitting Shiva, the belief is that as we come and sit together in grief, God is already with us, sitting Shiva with us. Seems to me that God is always, friends, sitting Shiva with us in all of the pain, all of the loss that we have. It's not just about mourning those that we have lost, it is, but it is about mourning the loss uh, in the pain of conflict, the loss of a partner who has walked out, 
the loss of an item that has been taken from you, the loss of someone to addiction, uh, when we're angry or even when we're lonely, the Father sits Shiva with us. Shiva is spelled S-H-I-V-A-H, just means seven, sitting seven. So God sits Shiva with us. Blessed are those who are in grief and mourning, for you, they will be comforted, because God is sitting Shiva. When people say, like, where is God right now? How can you believe in a God when things like this happen to you? How could God allow this to happen to me? The truth is God is there sitting Shiva all the time. And while sitting Shiva with us, he says this, I am the omnipresent God. I am here comforting you together with all the other mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. God is here as a real presence, the God who doesn't solve the loss, but sits with us in it. So how does this practically happen, friends? John 16, 7 says this, unless I go away, that's Jesus, unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. The presence of God sits shiver. The Holy Spirit sits shiver with us when jesus left he says that he sends his counselor to come and comfort us to restore us to hold us god's presence the holy spirit sits shiver with us resting and abiding with us the upside down kingdom says it's not when you are strong it's not when you are mighty it's not when you've got it all together god blesses you the upside down kingdom says it's when you're on your knees when you're mourning when you are grieving when you are poor in spirit when you're emotionally physically spiritually bankrupt then you can be comforted by God. Then he can hold you. Psalm 71 verse 20 says this, David recognizes that this is how God works, that we, when we are mourning, when we are grieving, when we are deep riddled in our grief, then God comes and holds. It says this, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up, restoring, renewing, rebuilding. When we are spiritually bankrupt, that is the moment we are held by God and not just held, but held up to, comforted, held up to his presence. And God is present to us and that is what it means to be blessed when we are mourning held up to the presence of God and it's upside down because it's the opposite to the way the world works the world thinks that when you're grieving then you are in a black box you are trapped at sea you are all alone there's no hope for you you are just riddled with grief and that riddle with grief can lead to all other other sicknesses depression, anxiety, self-harm. But Jesus, what Jesus says is blessed to those who mourn for you will be held up to God. There is hope, there is hope. 
So that is the second of the Beatitudes. And next week we'll continue with blessed are the meek. So until next time, friends, grace and peace. And I pray that you will sense God's presence in whatever you are grieving right now, whatever you are mourning, whatever you are disappointed by. I pray that you would know and sense God is sitting shiver by his Holy Spirit with you right now sat side by side to you holding you in your pain and your grief you are not alone pray that in Jesus name Amen friends grace and peace and until next time have a good week